I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, a What Culture Football podcast. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Kenny from What Culture to discuss, well, the fact that football is finally back. Uh, before we dive into this, though, before we look ahead to the Premier League season finally returning, uh, welcome, Michael Kenny. Uh, pleasure to uh, chat to you. For those who are unaware, you are heavily involved at Wick and Wanderers. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do there. Well, Adam Wilborn, thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, hello to you who are watching this right now. Uh, so as Adam mentioned, uh, I work very closely with the uh, League Two Giants, Wick and Wanderers, and uh, I operate as their match day master of ceremonies. Um, it's, a, it's a role that I've been performing for almost about two years now. So a bit of background info, uh, Wick and Wanderers. Uh, well, were a fan-owned football club, one of the very few fan-owned football clubs in the country. That's changed now. We've had uh, the Kuhigs come in and, and they're now the majority owners. Um, so that era has ended. But the club has gotten by for quite a few years now uh, based on volunteer work. And, um, you know, so, so people come in and they help paint sheds and make sure that the stadium's clean and looking great. And uh, so, so many different um, actions. And we've got a wonderful legion of volunteers. So shout out to the Wick and Wonders volunteers for being amazing at stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was uh, asked by uh, the media team at Wick and Wonders if... I wanted to come and be loud <laughs> to, <laughs> to go into a box and to basically let Adams Park know what was going on, who the lineups were, what the scores were, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, match day draws and mascots taking penalties and all that kind of stuff that happens on match days. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, this is just going to be incredible. Um, I've always been quite loud. I've been quite good at using this mouth for a while. And uh, yeah, I jumped at it. Um, my first game was against Barnsley on a, yeah, a very cold December in 2018. And uh, I remember very, very fondly being in the box, the press box, just about to switch on the mic for the first time and address the Adams Park crowd. And uh, I must have been stood there for about five minutes, just could not get anything out. The mic was like, I was like, oh, I can't speak. It's just <laughs> too nervous. There's only about 5,000 people there. But um, as soon as I got the words out, you know, we moved on and um, it's just been a tremendous experience. I've had so much fun, made so many friends. It's, it's, I think it's a thing that uh, certainly in smaller clubs that, that I think all fans would love to do, to be the voice who says goal scorer for whoever it may be. <laughs> Personally, for me, it would be Chesterfield for you as Wickham Wanderers. Um, it, it's it's a dream come true. Is any What's that experience like? What's it like the memorable moments or any 
uh, gaffes that you've had in the past? <laughs> so, yeah, plenty. I make a mistake at least once a minute in my life. Um, <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, it's 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 tremendous to be responsible for that. I, I should also say that I I perform the role um, with somebody else as well. So there's basically a two man match day announcing team. Um, Jake is usually in the press box if he's not if he's there, and I'm on the pitch doing the master of ceremonies work. So we kind of you know split the work between us mm. uh, on the days where I can call the goal scorers. Um, you know, I'm I'm a huge wrestling fan as well. So uh, I'm a huge fan of people like uh, Michael Buffer from boxing, mm-hmm. uh, Howard Finkel, the elongation of words and things like that um and uh, and also from mma you know bruce buffer you know really get that raw energy into really getting the crowd going um adams park i'm sure most wick and wanderers fans will admit sometimes it could be quite hard to get the crowd going uh, <laughs> but when we're winning we're you know we're rocking and we're really rolling in that place and um what i like to do is is when i'm announcing teams uh obviously the home team maybe not so much the away team unless <laughs> there's a well-known former player i will elongate the word so for example adabeo akin fanwar it's Adam Bayo Akin Fenwa, and you kind of really give it some welly, you know. And when he scores, everybody's happy, and, and you, you really give it some welly. Um, but in terms of gaffes and making mistakes, uh, yeah, like I said, I make mistakes a lot. Um, we very recently, before you know the, the ongoing crisis, we had uh, Ipswich Town come and visit us, and um, we'd given them a really good game uh, at Portman Road, and uh, they were here, you know, kind of going, you know, uh, we really need to get a win over these guys because you know we've been exceeding expectations all season and uh we had a fireworks display after the game uh, organized by the Kuigs, you know to celebrate their you know entry into the club and i went on the pitch at half time and i said uh uh okay don't forget to stay around after the game we've got a fireworks display you know be around it's going to be incredible and it was incredible and uh, i said sorry it's rich town fans you are not invited you can't be here go home <laughs> I got so much grief and it's the first time uh, the away crowd have called me a you fat, you know, you know what. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I took it in my stride. I, I went and cried and ate some cookies afterwards, but um, <laughs> no, it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. Mispronunciations. Oh my goodness. I get so much <laughs> grief from people for doing that. I, I Oh yeah. I think I always would like to do like the call and response of uh, an Adebayo Akinfenwa of, you know, you say the first name, the crowd says the second name. It, it sounds fantastic to talk uh, before we get onto the Premier League a little bit more about Wickham though. Uh, like you say, a, a fairly, fairly astronomical rise for them recently. They are now in the league one playoffs. Um, tell us how that, how that was for you, because of course, when the whole season stopped in March, just to clarify for anyone unaware, Wickham weren't in the playoffs but you are now in there. You're now playing Fleetwood. Tell us your opinion on how this all came about, the decisions that were made, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so... I'm going to be completely honest through through this whole period and, and this this ongoing crisis. I have not been as close to football uh, as I, as I would like. Obviously, I you know there's no football to go by. You know, so what I've done is I've attempted to busy myself with other projects and focusing on other things in my life. You know, I'm a man of many interests, um, so I've tried not to think too much about football. Um, you know, it's hard because I'm I'm so into it, um, but I've I've kind of tried to stay away from it. So I'm I'm pleased to say, I mean, and, and I'm probably in the minority here that I haven't missed it as much as some other people i've obviously had moments where i've gone oh you know i really wish you know that i could just get back to adams park and see all my friends and see the players again um but yeah i mean this whole season for wickham has just been weird um weird weird in the best way 
we, you know, expectations were so low at the start of the season. Uh, July, nine players turned up because we'd slashed our uh, playing budget. You know, we 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 were literally favourites to go down. We, you know, everyone was like, well, they, we're going to absolutely smash Wickham this season. Uh, we stayed up the season before. It was considered a, a huge achievement by the club, and and we were looking to consolidate and you know hopefully stay up again. Um, but you know, for for whatever reason, we started the season, um, you know, very very brightly. You know, the arrival of the Cougs, as I mentioned, we were able to sign, I think, about eleven or twelve players, and the feeling pre-season coming in was just wow. You know, we've we've got a really good squad now, and we've got depth in positions. Um, you know, it was a big buzz around Adams Park, and we just started winning. We started winning game after game after game. If we went two nil down, we'd win three two. If we went, you know, three nil down, we'd win four three. We had a we cannot be beaten mentality, and it was like Adam. It was like watching a film. Every single week, we would just defy the odds. You know, we spent six weeks at the top of the table, you know, comfortably at the top of the table, uh, just constantly um, over-delivering on expectation and, and really just making Adams Park a fortress uh, and, and making us quite a formidable outfit. Yeah, with regards to the end of the season, obviously, the you know, you know, we, we have a smaller squad compared to some of the other play, uh, teams in League One. And uh, form had, you know, tailed off a little bit. We had some injuries that we were contending with, you know. And every team, every season will have a dip in form. So it was kind of, you know, it's to be expected. So, yeah, we had fallen away from the pack a little bit, um, you know. And, and and when, you know, this situation started, we were outside the playoffs. I will say this, you know, and, and hopefully some Wickham fans won't give me too much grief here, is I will say that you know, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we consider ourselves to be very fortunate to be in the position that we're in. Obviously, the points per game is what's got us into this position, and I'm very grateful for points per game. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the team the team that were really firing, Peterborough, they were doing really, really well. They were on fire, uh, you know, and as the season, you know, had run its natural course, we probably wouldn't have, you know, we would have been happy with a playoff position. I think there were plenty of points to be won still, and I'm quite confident that we could have done that. But, you know, I feel sorry for Peterborough, uh, the team that kind of missed out. Uh, but at the same time, I have to be biased. You know, we're in uh, and I think we've got a really good shot against Fleetwood Town. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you've got, you've got Fleetwood Town, as I mentioned. Uh, Portsmouth, Oxford United on the other side of it. Um, obviously, anyway, when it comes to the playoffs, it's kind of unpredictable. But certainly this season with what's going on, the fact we've had a three-month gap, it is completely up for grabs. How are you feeling about your chances of of getting promoted to the championship? Um, unknown, really. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm going to be positive and optimistic <laughs> about it because we've had you know three whole months to uh, rest, recuperate. Um, you know, um, nothing's been announced that any players have been ill which is tremendous and, and I hope it stays that way. Uh, and I also hope that, you know, Fleetwood Town have uh, also stay nice and healthy as well. The same to Portsmouth and to Oxford United as well. I hope everybody's staying as safe as possible um, because, you know, it's great that football's back. Um, I hope the testing is, is up to, to scratch. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, things are more important than football. I'm glad that we've got it back. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of how I fancy the chances, um, you know, we, we were on fire before the start, you know, before this whole thing happened. Um, and uh, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, well, you were falling away. You were falling away. Um, but people forget that we'd won our last few games before the break. Uh, we were, we were doing well. And, you know, we, we've had Akin Fenwa firing all season. Joe Jacobson, our left back, has just been sensational. Uh, he scored a hat trick earlier on in the season. Uh, two of those came direct from corners. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and and the first of the three was this wonderful free kick. He's been tremendous, uh, one of our players of the season. And uh, yeah, it's just been um, 
yeah, so in terms of how we we fancy it, it, it really depends. Um, you never know because it's essentially a reset button. It's like the start of a new season, essentially. So it's really, really hard to know how we'll do. Um, but I'm confident. I think from what I've seen in terms of what the media team are putting out, the players are in high spirits. Um, you know, the, the thing that's propelled us forward, the thing that's allowed us to defy expectations and do so well for so long is this camaraderie in the team. We have some veterans in there. But we've also got some young players and they all live, breathe, eat, sleep, Wick and Wanderers Football Club, which is quite rare these days, you know, in this modern football age. Um, and uh, it's so refreshing to see. And, you know, I feel like if, if we turn up on the day and we have that same kind of fearless nature that's gone on us this far, um, I think Joey Barton and uh, company are going to be in for a really, really tough test. It's exciting times ahead. And as a, a fan of Chesterfield, who've bounced around League One, League Two, now we're in the National League. To be honest, I was quite pleased when they announced that the season was all over there because we were dangerously close to the relegation zone. Uh, the I, unpredictability I, is something you do not need to warn me about. I do have to say, Adam, um, I, I am sorry to uh, to hear about the Chesterfield connection. Obviously, when we got promoted to League One, the team that we beat to achieve that promotion was Chesterfield. So we we love your team. We love that memory. <laughs> uh, but I will say, you know, Chesterfield, a great team with a long history. It's a real shame to see you guys where you are right now and hope you can bounce back very, very soon. Every season is the season we hope to bounce back into League Two. Uh, so hopefully next year, maybe we will finally sort it out, considering the uh, as someone who's, who's talked about, like you say, ownership of a football club. But if we can deal with that, uh, there's talk of a takeover that has been for quite some time. If we can deal with that, then hopefully <clears throat> the issues on the pitch will sort themselves out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, let's, tra let's transition over and talk uh, about the Premier League uh, at the time of recording. It is back today. Um, how are you feeling about the Premier League returning? And uh, how do you think the, the lack of fans is going to affect the game? We've already kind of seen it in the Bundesliga. <sighs> 
Yeah. So, I mean, my feelings are very, very mixed. Uh, I, you know, first and foremost, I think that people need, uh, people need football. People bring, uh, football brings people together. Football's the great connector. Uh, you know, it's, it's this tribal sport that we just can't get enough of. And it's great that it's back. Um, I'm concerned that we're rushing it back. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, every game's behind closed doors and it's being done uh, to preserve, I, I'm assuming, sponsorship deals and, and the commercial aspects of football, which, you know, we'd never like to talk about, but they are there and they're the reason why the Premier League is one of the richest leagues in the world, uh, if not the. Um, I'm, you know, I'm pleased for Liverpool fans. I'm pleased that we're going to get a conclusion to the season. I really didn't want Liverpool's first title win in 30 years to come with an asterisk next to it. Uh, it it's just, it would have been an absolute tragedy, um, you know, and, and, and what they've achieved this season, just looking at the table. I mean, 82 points, Man City, 57 points. You know, if they would have null and voided the whole season, it would have just been one of the, the biggest tragedies in, in football. Uh, but appreciate, you know, obviously with what's going on, we do have to look at, you know, football in context of the you know the whole world um i'm i'm glad that we've got it back i i just hope i really hope that the testing is is there and that players are being looked after and that the facilities are you know the the, the infrastructure of the, of the returned league is you know safe making it safe because at the end of the day football's a full contact sport you can't social distance when you're playing football you have to make contact you have to put in tackles you know and you have to get close to each other so as long as the right precautions are being taken um, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, again, like like with Wickham, you know, with with these players, it's essentially a reset of the season. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how players cope with, you know, three month layoff coming back into football. Um, but but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, going into WWE for a second, you know, we we learned about their testing or their lack of testing essentially putting a hand on the forehead and going you don't have a temperature you can wrestle a match today um i really hope the football the premier league are being a little bit more sensible with their testing yeah whilst it's great to have the premier league back of course uh, and i remember hearing preposterous reports a few months ago of speculation that players will be asked to turn their faces away whilst making challenges and the like um yeah i think at the end of the day that the health and well-being of the players and obviously their subsequent families should take priority but uh, if there's a way to bring the game back safely and to do that i think it's right of course that does mean a complete lack of fans as i mentioned as we saw in the bundesliga how do you think that's going to affect the game because we've seen already uh, in the german league how the kind of lack of atmosphere means in part at least the home field advantage is kind of gone yeah, it's a tough one. Football for me, like many things that I enjoy in my life, is based around the emotion of um, the the ability to enjoy moments. And you know, it, it, a lot of people enjoy football differently. You know, there are a lot of tactical minds out there that enjoy the thrill of seeing teams deploy formations and seeing the technical aspect of football. You have your your analysts and your analytical professionals that are looking at you know passes and key moments in games. I look at the game as as an emotional thing. Uh, I'm there for the moments. I'm there for the adrenaline. Uh, the adulation of fans and players and all of that coming together. So it's an emotional thing for me. When you take away the fans from football, you are taking away the heart, the core, the emotional core of the game. You know, and it can't be helped at the moment. Um, but, you know, it is going to be strange watching, you know, Manchester United, for example, play in the mighty, huge, ginormous Old Trafford with no one there. And you can hear people coughing in the background. Uh, it, it, it would just be weird. Um, but, but you know, the thing is, I've, I've watched uh, again to use WWE. Sorry, football fans. I have to do it. Um, but watching WrestleMania earlier this year, uh, you know, the, the grandeur and the, the spectacle uh, of watching a wrestling match in front of 100,000 people, you know, reduced to 
no one the janitor in the corner somewhere uh it was really strange really surreal but they pulled it off they pulled it off they made something happen uh i'm sure uh the premier league will be able to deliver the emotion of the game and the drum will still be there we'll just won't have the fans there. I do know that one of the broadcasters, one of the main broadcasters for Premier League action are piping in sound, <laughs> which um, which will be strange. I, I don't know how I feel about that, Adam. Well, if in terms of Man City, they don't really need to bother. Um, <laughs> but we talked a little bit about Liverpool there. Uh, various calculations. I mean, like I said, we were recording this on Wednesday, depending on when it goes out. Um, Man City may have already played uh, Arsenal. Uh, if results go their way, you can see Liverpool win the league with just one win against Everton, of course. Uh, but how soon do you think they're going to be crowned champions? Because as much as I would like to wind up our very own Ewan Patterson from What Culture Football, a Liverpool fan, and say, God, if they slip up now, then it really would be the biggest <laughs> bottle job in football history. Um, I don't see that happening. So, so when do you think they'll be crowned champions? Um, I mean, if they don't get a result against Everton, uh, I mean, probably the next couple of games after that. I'm not exactly sure what the fixture list is, but you know, again, it's it's going back to the the reset, you know. But the thing is, is that, that Liverpool team, very much like Wickham, uh, are, are I can't believe I just compared Wickham to Liverpool. I'm doing <laughs> it. I'm staying with it. Um, but you know, a very close knit group, and that's what Liverpool have now. They have that camaraderie. They've got that team spirit, you know. And when Sa, you know, when when Mane and Salah, you know, are aren't moaning at each other because they're not setting each other up to score goals. Uh, there does seem to be that togetherness and that team spirit, helped obviously by Jurgen Klopp's incredible man management. Um, you know, I want them to do it as soon as possible. They deserve it. They've earned it. And, um, you know, to be able to do it against Everton, obviously that's going to, you know, no no fans there, but the, the drama will be there on the pitch. And uh, if they can do it against Everton, great. Um, if they do it, uh, who, who are they playing after Everton? Do you know? Let's have a quick look at the fixture. So the interesting thing with all this is, uh, of course, the fact that a lot of things, if I look at like fantasy football and the way that updates, and uh, <laughs> I find that they really don't know what they're, what they're doing. Crystal Palace at Anfield. Oh, well, Crystal Palace, obviously the team that kind of helped Liverpool unravel it all a few years ago uh, with that free, free draw at Selhurst Park. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that they've got the tools to do it against Everton. Um, I think a lot of teams are probably going to have a bit of a hangover. The form's going to be chucked out the window. So no form book when we, when we resume the season. Uh, but I think Liverpool got the tools uh, they've got the technicians, they've got the management to to pretty much come out the gates, wrap this whole thing up. And, you know, if there is, you know, a, a recurrence of, of the crisis that we're experiencing at the moment and we do have to wrap it up, at least Liverpool would have done everything they need to do to secure that league title win. And then, you know, if we do need to pause it again, it's done. It's in the bag. Yeah, I think, I think even the most uh, anti-Liverpool fans would admit that it's, Single game Liverpool, they will break uh, Man City's points record. Um, if they maintain or maintain the gap with Man City, that would be a new record between first and second. Uh, and six wins from their final nine games would also beat the record number of wins, which of course Man City got as well in 2017 at 2018 season. Um, in terms, I was going to say in terms of the top four, but in reality, it's a top five, really, isn't it? Because of mm. course, Manchester City are uh, unable to be in the Champions League because of issues, financial fair play and the like next season. Who are your picks for that top four, five Champions League spots, basically? Because yeah. I think generally people would suggest Liverpool to City is one, two. But beyond that, it's it's all up for grabs. I mean, you can all, all the way look, look all the way down to ninth, 
even Arsenal could make a case because, like you say, form book goes right out the window. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've got Burnley and Crystal Palace there on 39 points as well. So I think they've got a good shout as well. Um, you know, it's it's the wonderful thing about football. I love the race for the Champions League. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it's always an, an interesting aspect of football, especially when uh, the champions are essentially all but confirmed. Um, yeah, it's tight. It's really, really close. Uh, not many points separating the teams. Um, interesting, obviously, with Man City being essentially chucked out the Champions League. I completely forgot about that until you mentioned it. Um, but Leicester City up until the the pause uh, were, were absolutely phenomenal well managed by Brendan Rodgers uh, again he seems to have brought uh, that same hungry mentality, you know, the same Leicester that won the league a few years ago. Uh, so that's really exciting. Really excited to see how they do. Uh, Chelsea, I think they've been uh, well managed again. Frank Lampard's done a tre- uh, tremendous job there in his first season. Uh, so much pressure on him as well and so many pressure on those youngsters. Um, so they deserve it. I'd like to see them there. Manchester United fully fit now. So I don't, from from my understanding, they don't have any major injury concerns. Paul Pogba's back, Marcus Rashford's back. So, um, uh, all things look quite good there. And I believe before the pause uh, that they were undefeated in about 10 or 11 games. Mm. So Ollie seems to have regained control of the wheel uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do. But the two teams, I don't really care about any of the other teams. The two teams that I'd love to see get Champions League football, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and uh, Sheffield United. Um, I'm a sucker as a Wickham Wanderers fan. I have no Premier League alternative teams. I'm Wickham through and through. So as a result, I love to root for those underdog sides or those sides that are kind of written off as being, uh, well, they're going to struggle for the first few seasons. Obviously, Wolves, uh, you know, have tremendous financial backing. They've got a really, really good squad, well-managed once again. Uh, But Sheffield United, they were kind of, you know, everyone was going, well, I mean, they'll do well if they finish mid-table this season. Um, And Chris Wilder, you know, Oxford United, Northampton fame, you know, has just done wonders with that football club. And uh, I would love it. Uh, to, to quote, to paraphrase the famous Kevin Keegan uh, from from your neck of the woods, I would love it if uh, Sheffield United made the Champions League this season. It's it's it struck a bit of a nerve mentioning Chris Wilder because he was linked with the Chesterfield job many seasons ago, and I think that was either when we went for Dean Saunders or Gary Caldwell, which went spectacularly well, of course. Um, so uh, the, one of the things we did at the start of the season uh, at What Culture Football was predict the Premier League table. And I think aside from Liverpool at number one, everything else I got wrong. Uh, <laughs> I may have Liverpool and City one and two, but I distinctly remember saying, yeah, Chelsea will do nothing this season as a result of their transfer ban and what have you. And like you say, Chef United was probably one of the favourites to go down. So if I had to push you one to five, where do you think? Uh, how do you think this finishes? Oh, okay. So um, the way I see it at the moment is Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester City. One, two, three. I think that's a lock. Um, the rest of the positions, yeah, they're they're a little bit. You know, it's a little bit difficult to predict. Uh, I'm not surprised that you got all the other positions wrong. It's it's, it's really hard to predict a, a league table. Oh, you know, impossible. it's like ten months of of action. So many things can happen, and you need to pick twenty different positions based on so many different criteria. Um, fourth, um, I think Chelsea. Um, <clears throat> I think the. I don't know. I think Manchester United will probably um, make some gain on Chelsea. So. I think, um, oh, it's really, really difficult. It's, it's hard because Man City, uh, Manchester United have been so inconsistent the last mm. few seasons. And, uh, you know, all you need is for Pogba to throw a bit of a wobbly and, uh, you know, the, the whole team kind of falls apart. So I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say that I think Chelsea are going to hold tight. I think they're going to do well. Um, and, ooh, it's so hard. Looking at, looking at 
oh god, it, Wolves and Sheffield United are like head, head, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Um, I've got to make a decision. Fifth, um, I reckon Wolves will um, end up in fifth, causing a bit of heartbreak for Sheffield United, uh, but they'll still have Europa League and um, yeah, just uh, just a tremendous end to the season and an amazing achievement for Chris Wilder and co. I certainly think the, the the Tottenham Manchester United game on Friday is is so crucial for for those teams around there. Like you say, for, for the fact that it's just the first game back. I mean, obviously you have Man City Arsenal, but that's not really probably going to affect things as much as the the uh, United Tottenham game. No, I'm really surprised with uh, with Tottenham this season, uh, as I'm sure many other people are. Um, I think they did a good job bringing Mourinho in, but I still feel like it was a poor decision to um to get rid of Pochettino uh, at, at that point given what they considered the season before um but but for teams unfortunately like Tottenham and Arsenal um I think it might be too late I mean we've got 10 games left or nine games in some instances um I know a lot can happen in that time um and and again with form just kind of chucked out the window it's really really hard to be certain um but I think the ship might have sailed for those guys I'm afraid Fascinating if Arsenal get a result against City tonight, though, uh, with the game in hand, that would put them on 43 points, two points off Man United. But I'm inclined to agree with you. I think I think I'm going to go Liverpool, Manchester City, Leicester City. I'm going to say Man United leapfrog Chelsea, uh, but Chelsea finish fifth as much as I would like to see the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United. <laughs> taking those Champions League spots, but what an incredible season for them. Nonetheless, I just feel like the collective uh, and the depth of squad that, that that Chelsea and Manchester United have um, may shine through. Although Tottenham could make a late push for it, obviously, with the return of Harry Kane. Before we look at the other end of the table, let's talk about some of the players uh, you, you've got an eye on as we head towards the end of the season. I mean, it's not really a surprise to see people, you know, suggesting Mo Salah or Kevin De Bruyne or people like that. But who have you got your eye on? Oh, 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 oh. Um, um, I don't, I, my kind of gaze is heading towards the bottom of the table um, at, at this point in time because there's so much still to kind of be wrapped up there, um, you know, and so many talismanic figures that are going to have their say in how the season ends. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens with Watford. Um, obviously, you know, I think they've regained full fitness as well. Um, and, um, you know, they started the season so rough and, um, you know, they've been able to rebound from it. They've recovered. They made a, a shrewd managerial appointment. Um, and, uh, you know, Troy Deeney, for me, he's their talisman. He's their leader. He's a captain. Uh, I love his brand of no-nonsense football. It's very um, <laughs> prehistoric football, I'm <laughs> sure. Hopefully, if Troy isn't listening to this, he's not going to find me and nut me. Um, but I, I like his passion and his raw intensity. Uh, if he's got full fitness, he can bang in a few goals, and I think he'll be able to lift Watford away from what's going on. Really intrigued to hear with what's going on with Bournemouth. Obviously, Ryan Frazier, it's been confirmed that he's rejected uh, a contract extension. Uh, so at the end of the month, he will not be a Bournemouth player, uh, which is just uh, crazy news. He's been, you know, last season anyway, uh, he was just their man. He was so good. Him and Callum Wilson were tearing up the Premier League. So to not have him, uh, I don't know if... Um, if Eddie's going to have him in the squad, uh, it remains to be seen. It'll be interesting. Uh, Aston Villa, obviously, they're battling. And I think that this break's probably been best for them. Uh, Jack Grealish, you know, wanted by Manchester United. Um, he is essential and vital to Aston Villa's survival this season. So it'll be interested to know uh, where his head's at. You know, has he been lured by the big boys up there? Will he still be able to perform? You know, because I remember him scoring some tremendous goals uh, before the season was paused. So really interesting there. And Norwich City at the bottom with Timu Puki. Uh, 
Um, you know, started off the season really, really brightly. Uh, I love also saying Timu Puki. It's just mm. a wonderful name to say. Um, but, you know, it might be a little too late for Norwich. 21 points, you know, they've got a lot of ground to make up. But, you know, if they can get their squad firing, um, you know, it, anything can happen. It's the Premier League and it's back, baby. Yeah, I, I, I think Grealish is certainly the Villa fans that I know, along with John McGinn, is the player that they're saying, look, if we do stay up, it is going to be down to, to, to players like that. And specifically, uh, as you mentioned there, Jack Grealish. I'm I'm absolutely fascinated to see how Man United uh, utilise Pogba and Bruno Fernandes together. There was conflicting reports, uh, I think it was last week uh, after that warm-up game with West Brom about whether or not they won or lost. There was two games and one game they had, you know, Pereira and what have you in midfield. The other game they had Bruno Fernandes and Pogba. And I heard some United fans saying that was the game we won 3-1 and then some people suggesting, no, that was the game they lost 2-1. Who knows? I think it's going to be, it could potentially, uh, the optimistic Man United fans that I know, including my own wife, are hoping that they will uh, work together and they could form this sensational midfield partnership. And yes, whilst they are, you know, similar players, arguably, I think Mm. you can build an entire team uh, around that with the players that Manchester United have. And I have to say... Uh, Harvey Barnes is someone who's going to be very interesting right now in terms of ensuring, like you say, Leicester City gets that spot. I'm I'm kind of disregarding Liverpool and Man City, kind of putting them in a a pocket of their own uh, in terms of players to watch out for, because this is the time where, well, I've got what, as we record this, just under two and a half hours to to sort out my fantasy football team. And that's, I mean, (laughs) to be honest, they could have cancelled my fantasy football season for all I care, because it was horrendous this year. Uh, one other name I'm going to mention. No, I'm going to mention two. I'm going to cram in Adama Traore because he's just been a joy oh, to watch this season. But I can't wait to see what Hyung Min Son does. Mm. Uh, and, and alongside Harry Kane, because this is like, if Tottenham do make the Champions League, this has been the perfect break for them. Harry Kane was out, obviously. Hyung Min Son had a broken arm and it was bare bones for Tottenham for a while. Interesting mm. to see what happens now they're back in action. Yeah, and you know, I guess the 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 misfortune in the world has has resulted in a lot of players having that needed time to recover. Um, Gomez for Everton as well. You know that horrific mm. uh, injury that he suffered months ago. Um, I'm not. I know that he's nearing a recovery. I don't know if he'll be match ready uh, before the end of the season. But you know, so many players have been afforded this extra time to recover. A lot of players have been able to heal bruises and cuts and things like that. So they're coming in very, very fresh. Um, I will say as well that my my sights are going to be on the England youngsters. Uh, mm. Obviously, we've not got any Euro action. I think we're supposed to be in the middle of Euro 2020 as we speak. Um, but really interested to see how Harry... Uh, Harry Kane bounces back. Um, really interested to see how Tammy Abraham does coming back. Mm. Um, uh, also, uh, also um, Callum Hudson Odoi. Uh, so, so lots of you know up and coming British talent that you know I'm really really excited about. Um, so interested to see how they come back and, and you know. I obviously know that we've delayed Euro until 2021, but I think Gareth's going to be looking at those kids to see, you know, who wants to be on that plane. I know we're not going yet, but when we do go, who wants to go? Who wants it more? Mm, no complaints from me. I get to get one more year's use out of my It's Coming Home Gareth Southgate Christmas <laughs> jumper. Uh, right, let's uh, depress some people by talking about the relegation battle. Uh, you mentioned their current bottom three. Bournemouth, 27 points. Villa, 25 points. Norwich City, 21 points uh, with nine games remaining or 10 games in the case of Aston Villa. Who do you... I, I, I think it's fair to say... You draw, kind of can draw the line 
from 15th down. Southampton on 34 points, Newcastle 35 points. Below that, Brighton, West Ham, Watford. For me, anyway, it's three from six going down. Yeah, I think Southampton did a tremendous uh, job pulling themselves up after that 9-1 thrashing by Leicester. And uh, Ralph Hassan-Hootel, again, another name that I like saying, uh, <laughs> has just uh, just done a tremendous job there. Really glad that they were able to recover. Um, but yeah, 15 downwards. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, lot of worry really going on at the moment. Um, a lot of change as well before the season reset. Obviously, West Ham bringing in David Moyes, which wasn't the most, um, how do we put it, the most popular managerial <laughs> appointment in recent history. Um, Brighton... Uh, good squad. Do they have enough to stay up? I don't know. I think they're well managed again. Uh, and Brighton being uh, an unofficial second team of mine, um, I hope that they have what it takes to stay up. But uh, I don't know. Football's so unpredictable. And we do have a lot of football to play. I think that you can probably say that Norwich are going to really struggle um, to, to, to kind of claw it back. I know that there's only four points separating them and Aston Villa, um, but the, the squad, you know, they've had some great players, you know, Cantwell, Puki, as I mentioned, um, and, uh, and Krull in goal as well, you know, pulling off some amazing performances. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't think they've got enough. They've always been that kind of yo-yo team of coming up, doing very, very well in the championship, but really struggling to kind of break through their Premier League glass ceiling. Um, so I think that they're a shoe in I think they're going to go down. Very, very sorry, Norwich City fans. Um, but I think they might be done this season. Um, next, I mean, Aston Villa, again, very similar to Norwich City. Really, really good in the uh, championship. A very classy outfit. Obviously helped by just some of the tremendous talent they've had permanently or on loan. They've got a good squad. Um, you know, and they, they've worked the loan market quite well as well. And, and bringing in Pepe Reina um, for, for, Tom, uh, for cover for Tom Heaton before the pause of the season was a shrewd move um but you know it, it, i don't know i mean looking at where they are and, and they've been kind of beaten down quite heavily mm. um you know both home and away they've really struggled for consistency across the season um it pains me to say it because i really like the manager um and i really like the team but uh, i think they might be struggling as well bournemouth i really really hope that they don't go down. I really love Bournemouth. They're the feel-good story of football, knowing you know that they were on the brink of obscurity, uh, similar to how Wickham were. We flirted with it a few years ago ourselves, you know. Uh, and this is mo this is recent history. Fifteen years ago, Bournemouth al almost went out of business. To see them in the Premier League and to see them previous seasons, you know, fighting for Europa League positions, just tremendous job and testament to not only Eddie Howe's management and the team, but the the back stage kind of management of that club has been tremendous. Don't want to see him go down. They've recovered massively because I know that they were blighted by injuries. So hopefully they, you know, are able to recover. So I think it really leaves it um, for Brighton and West Ham for me for that final spot. Um, and West Ham have a lot of backstage, a lot of boardroom issues. There's a lot of things wrong with that club at the moment. They they have a tremendous squad. They've got some real superstars in that squad, but for some reason they just don't gel. Uh, when you see them on the pitch, there's a lot of, you know, lack of cohesion between players. And uh, I think that might be their undoing. Uh, David Moyes, you know, has done it in the past. He's worked with, uh, you know, Everton for all those years. And, you know, I, I am one of those people. I'm on a hill that, that believe that he didn't do too bad a job at Manchester United, um, you know, but I don't think he'll be able to get results out of that team. And, and that's why third and final relegation position, I'm going to reluctantly say West Ham United.
Wow. Yeah, I, I think I, I think you can't you can't argue that Norwich are pretty as good as down uh, now. Uh, but you look at the other positions. I mean, I've got a lot of Villa fans, so I'm slightly biased uh, that I know who, who are suggesting that, that you know maybe they can turn it around. And like you say, this break it's meant meant so many things are so unpredictable now. Uh, and if they can get, like I said, McGinn and and Grealish playing uh, and performing for them. There is a hope, there is a chance, although I do agree, I think it may well just be too little, too late. Uh, you yeah. look at the other positions, uh, I predicted Brighton to go down. Uh, I thought it was going to be one of those classic examples of changing the manager um, and then nothing happening or you know things getting worse. You're, you're sort of Charlton blueprint almost. Um, yeah. But I think just looking at it now, I was going to say them, but looking at their goal difference, I think that might just keep them up only on minus eight now uh, and that is one of the things you really have to take into account as we head into the sort of business end of the season I'm not going to relegate West Ham because my dad would murder me uh, and I think Watford <laughs> as you mentioned with the manager with uh, Nigel Pearson at the helm uh, even with the issues that we've had with Troy Deeney and you know some fans getting on his back and some fans backing him for the position he's held which I completely respect and support personally I think Watford will be enough to sort of grind out those results so it comes down to Bournemouth, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which would be a real shame. But like you say, I just read about these issues with players having to sign sort of short-term contracts saying, well, basically keep you on to the end of the season. And then uh, who knows? And Ryan Fraser, as you mentioned, probably, leave, well, not probably, leaving on the 30th of June. Yeah. I just can't see them turn it around. Although... In a player like Callum Wilson and the, the, the players that he surrounds himself with, if they're going to have a talisman to take them out of this, he is the guy. But unfortunately, although it, with the unpredictability of this close pause in the season, who knows? I'm going to go with Bournemouth, Villa and Norwich to go down. Yeah, it's um, it's just been, you rightly mentioned, the the... Offering short-term contracts until the end of the season, I think players need that security. They need to know where they're going to be at the end of the season. And whether you're playing at the top of the Premier League or if you're playing in the national division, you know, you want to know, you want that job security. That's what we all want. And um, I, it, it will be interesting to see how those players that have been offered a deal until the end of the month. And, and then, yes, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, that's not going to motivate people. That wouldn't motivate me. So it'll be interesting to see mm. how they're motivated. And that could be, you know, what, is the difference between them staying up and going down. And it's a huge gamble on the part of the owners there. Absolutely. Um, And if you're a fan of those three clubs I just named, considering my track record, (laughs) don't get angry. You'll probably stay up now now I've suggested that. (laughs) But we'd love to know your thoughts uh, on who you think uh, is going to make the top four, five, uh, who's going to get relegated, who you uh, think we should look out for and how the Premier League is going to be different now it returns in these weird scenarios we find ourselves in now. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter and follow us at WhatCultureFC. Uh, well, actually, they can follow myself and Michael. You can follow me at Adam Wilbur. Michael, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at MyCoolKenKnee, as in my cool Ken, as in Barbie, and knee, as in the knee on your body. There you can find me on Twitter. Uh, as I said, follow us all at WhatCultureFC and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football uh, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. But for now, the Premier League is back. This has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to Michael Kenny. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.